Good evening and welcome to Midweek. And uh, it's great to see everyone. Um, I'm thankful that we're all able to join together tonight very quickly via Zoom. We canceled our in-person singing devotional out of an abundance of caution. The numbers uh, for new COVID infections are going up. And so um, we, we didn't feel it was the best to gather in a much smaller room and just sing together. I, I was looking forward to it. And so we had to call an audible. And um, you know, you may be wondering when, I, when next are we gonna do it? We're gonna see what um, the infection rates do and then we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen prayerfully, not too far off. But uh, I'm thankful that we could all join together via Zoom. I'm thankful for this technology. And um, tonight, if we had been at Hanson Place, we'd have been having a singing devotional. And so, you know, tonight I want to talk to us about the call to worship. Okay. Now, again, like every lesson, the purpose of this lesson and every lesson is never to make us feel guilty. But this is one area I feel we can, we can all grow in individually and collectively as a church. And so um, we've been covering this series about the call to follow Jesus. And so let's talk about the call to worship. I spoke about this last year, June 21st. I believe it was around midweek. Um, and I talked about the fact that we're worshiping the creator of the universe and what our mindset needed to be when we worship him individually and more importantly, when we come together, uh, like times like this and on Sundays, when we're able to see Israel in person. And so I'm excited that uh, we're gonna grow from this message uh, as we look at it again tonight. If you recall, the Greek word for worship is proskuneo, proskuneo. It means to prostrate oneself in homage. It means to show reverence. It means to adore. And I want us to remember that every time you and I worship, we are coming into the presence of the almighty God. And when we worship, this is what we're doing. We're prostrating before God. We're paying God homage. The word worship, worshiping, and other derivatives derivatives appear 256 times in the NIV. 256 times. Needless to say, that's a lot of times, okay? And like I reminded us last year, when I started talking about this topic, Abraham was the first person to use the word worship in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. Abraham was the first one to use the word worship in the Old Testament on his way to sacrifice his son, Isaac. In Revelation chapter 4, beginning verse 1. Revelation chapter 4, beginning verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had heard, first heard, speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must soon take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne, 
came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and pearls of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was what, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and were covered with all eyes all around, even under the wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Brothers and sisters, when we worship on our own at home or when we gather in person, this is the God that we're worshiping. The creator of the world. The great I am. The king of kings and the lord of lords. It's like no other appointment that we have in our day or in our week. We serve a great God who is worthy of all, our, all of our praise. Brothers and sisters, worship is both an attitude and an act. Worship is both an attitude and an act. Worship begins in the heart. We come before God with a humble and lowly heart, knowing we are in the presence of a holy God. Our hearts need to be right. Our hearts need to be in the right place when we worship God. Remember that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Bible tells me, the Bible tells you, the Bible tells all of us that God looks at the heart. And that is why it's important that we have a heart that is totally <laughs> focused at the task at hand without any distractions about the worries of this life. And so I want to ask us as I begin tonight, ask yourself, is my heart ready to worship the king? Whether in your home or whether when you come to church on Sundays and when we do that collective corporate during the worship service, during the service. When our heart and attitude is ready, the act will then follow. The act is carried out through singing, through meditating on the power, the goodness, and the sovereignty of God. I'm thankful that we have 88 hands in place. We rent it every week, and we're able to come in there. Um, they obviously use it for their services on Saturday, but then we use it Sunday morning. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we have that meeting space. But it's very, very important that as we, as we get up on Sunday, that we get our hearts and our minds right in terms of what we are about to do. Obviously, we get ourselves up ready. We, we have a great time with the Almighty. We get dressed. You know, you, you, you have breakfast if you have time to do it. And then we make our way 
to the place where we can all do corporate worship together. Remember, we're coming before the throne of Almighty God. And yes, you know, you may have arrived there, you know, looking, looking slick and looking whatever with your hat on, you know, but here you're about, you're about to enter into a sanctuary. Out of respect for God, you need to take that cap off without anybody telling you to do that. You know, when, when you read later on in, in, in Revelation, and I'm not going to look at those scriptures tonight. You can go read it. They, they're all there. It talks about around the throne of God, there's an additional elders, you know, and they have crowns on their head, and they take those crowns off. And they're bowing down before God. Please, I need everybody to mute their phones or your, or your, or your computer. I can, have, I can hear some sounds. Please mute, please mute yourself. And those guys are taking their crowns off and bowing down before God in reverence. And that's why it's important that, you know, when I, if I walk into a church building, I need to take my cap off out of reverence for the God that I'm about to worship. That's what it's all about. So you may ask, why is worship so powerful? Worship, brothers and sisters, like prayer, ushers us into the presence of God. It brings us into the throne room. Notice the passage I just read. It says, day and night, in Revelation 4, 8, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Brothers and sisters, heaven is a continuous place of worship. When you and I come in, on Wednesday night, or we come in on a Sunday morning, we join the heavenly host in worship. When you worship on your own, you join in that heavenly assembly that is going on continuously. When we come together as a church on Sunday to worship God, we also join this wonderful heavenly assembly. Brothers and sisters, we need to use worship as a weapon, we need to use worship as a weapon. Many of us don't think of our worship as a weapon. Instead, we think of it as music that sets the mood for church service. Worship is our whole being because we're thinking about our creator. We're thinking about the king that we're approaching. Okay? And I want to make two very quick points tonight. Number one, allow worship to change your focus and perspective. Allow worship to change your focus and perspective. In Psalm 63, beginning verse 1. Psalm 63, beginning verse 1, verses 1 to 4. It says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. This is David, obviously. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. This is David. Worshipping God while he was in the desert of Judah. 
it, he was parched and thirsty for water. Notice he was by himself. He turned his despair into worship. He changed his focus from being thirsty and decided to worship God instead. His circumstances didn't dictate his focus. If anything, he used worship to change his perspective. But he had to get focused. He had to place his focus away from his experiences right there and had to put it on God. And when you and I worship God, that's exactly, we're doing the same thing. And we need to allow worship to change our focus from our day-to-day -day and all the stuff that's not going on right in our lives, and we put it on him. Psalm 63, later on in verses 6 and 7, Psalm 63, verses 6 and 7, David says, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. You see, when we worship, it should change our focus. Because we're thinking about the powerful and awesome God we call Father. In Psalm 68, Psalm 68, verses 3 and 4. Psalm 68, verses 3 and 4. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we can be happy and joyful because of everything good God has done for us. I love that song we just, you know, we, we played and, and we sang together before the service started. Said, Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever. And then the part I like as, as in, in that uh, whole thing is like when we're saying, yes, you are, yes, you are, yes, you are. So good, so good, so good. And that's when we get our praise on because we serve a good God. But you see, we, we need to know that God is in control. God is always in control. Knowing and trusting that we serve a God who never fails. Again, you don't have to wait until Sunday. I worship God throughout the day as I encounter different situations. And I allow that worship and I allow that time to change my focus away from my issues and my problems that I may be facing right there. You've noticed on the back of me, you know, we're, we're parking and uh, we were meant to close on our condo on Monday. And, you know, there, there's something going on. But it's got nothing to do with us. It's, it's, with, it's from, with the person we're trying to buy the place from. And I was tempted to start getting worried. I, I knew and I'd be warned that, okay, this can happen. And so what have I been doing the last several days? I've just taken those times and I've worshipped my God. Because I've done everything I know how to do. It's all up to him now. Even our agent was telling us, you know what, uh, you guys are experiencing stuff that, you know, uh, other people don't experience. But, you know, I know, I know the devil is a lie. I know Satan cannot do anything to stop me from moving into that place. But you see, I, I'm, I'm sharing this because 
I've just used those times just to worship God. I'm not going to allow my circumstances to dictate how I feel. And I can tell you that every time I've gone to God in singing and in praying and just thinking about him, it totally changed my perspective. Very, very important. Now I'm going to read us Psalm 150. Psalm 150 is the last psalm, obviously, in the, in the book of Psalms. And Psalm 150 says, go ahead and be turning there. In Psalm 150, it says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. He's not talking about our trumpet, okay? Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's awesome. Obviously, we need to be praising God for the awesome God that he is. For awesome God that he is. For his surpassing greatness. You know, for them, those guys, their trumpet was like ram's horns. That was what they used as, as trumpets back then. And it says in verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's you and me. As long as we're breathing, we're meant to be praising God. Amen? Very, very important. Again, I want you to notice how the psalm ends. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, the Psalms in the Old Testament, there's 150 of them. The Psalms was the hymn book, so to speak, if you will, of the first century church. They sang a lot from the Psalms. And David wrote a lot of them. Okay? But I'm, I'm saying this to us, church, because we need to learn to use our worship as a weapon. Again, in worship, we begin to remember who God is in the midst of this messed up world. Every day, we realize we have control over very little in this life. Worship reminds us of what God can do and what God has done for us. Worship should transform us. As we perform, as, as, as we approach God in worship. It should transform us and it should help us put life in perspective. And so I'm asking you tonight, how often do you worship God? I'm talking of on your own. During the day. Now, praise the Lord. We all come together on Sunday and we all do it as a corporate body. But you shouldn't have to wait for Sunday. And that's why you've heard me say so many times, Sunday is the, is the highlight of my week because what I've been doing on my own throughout the week, I get to do it with all of us. We get to do it together. Okay? We get to sing together. We get to worship God together. We get to raise our voices together. We get to raise our hands together. That I cannot do on my own. 
And so it's very important that we realize that worship helps us to totally change our focus and change our perspective, but don't wait till Sunday. Worship your God in the splendor of his holiness throughout the entire week. And then when we come together on Sunday, then we're having a blast praising Yahweh and lifting up his name. That's what it's all about. Number two, allow worship to transform you and your circumstances. Allow worship to transform you and your circumstances. We're very familiar with the wall of the wall of Jericho coming down in Joshua. Okay? And um, before I get to that, in Joshua, at the end of chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5, beginning verse 13. Remember, the children of Israel on their way to the promised land. God allowed them to wander in the desert for 40 years. All that faithless generation had all died out in the desert. Because God would not tolerate faithlessness. All the faithless people died. And then it was their kids who grew up and went into into the promised land. So they've crossed the Jordan River and the last obstacle in front of them, so to speak, was Jericho. There are stories in the Bible for a reason. And so I'm asking, how did they win the battle? For six days in Joshua chapter six, the priests carried trumpets of rams, rams horn. For six days, the priests carried trumpets of ram's horn in front of the Ark of the Covenant. On the seventh day, again, because of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. They marched around seven times. And then Joshua told them to shout. And when they, when they shouted, you know the story. You know what happened. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. God brought about the victory and miracle at the end of their worship. The ark was before them for seven days. They were worshiping and following the ark of the covenant for seven days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. And then Joshua instructed them to blow the round sounds they were carrying. And then they shouted. And so I'm going to read that portion of the account. Joshua chapter 6 in verse 15. It says, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout. For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because they hid the spies we sent. Again, 
the victory was won at the end of their worship. I say that to say God does miracles when we worship. You see, when you and I are worshiping God, when you and I are in the presence of, of a holy God, and we're worshiping him, and we're praising him, and we're thanking him, and we're putting all our burdens out there, he now sends his angels to come to our rescue. And so you may think, oh yeah, I'm just here singing, I'm just here mousing the word. No, 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 no. There's something powerful going on. Because look at what happened in Joshua chapter 6. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons you and I fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Worship, prayer, Bible study, fasting. These are all spiritual weapons at our disposal that brings about victory. And that's why you and I just cannot go through the motions. Whether it's prayer or Bible study or worship or fasting, you just can't go through the motions. Because it transforms you. And it will transform our circumstances. But we have to be engaged. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to read verses 20 to 24. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 20 to 24. It says, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, watch this, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mansiah who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place, verse 24, that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Here's another battle they didn't have to fight. Here's another victory that came about as a result of their worship. Because King Jehoshaphat said, guys, guys, hey, let's sing. Let's praise God. Let's give thanks to God. And they're doing that. And the Lord, in the meantime, these guys, the enemies are destroying each other. Again, worship transforms our circumstances. How did God bring about the victory? They were singing and praising in the splendor of his holiness. 
when you and I are singing and worshiping God, Satan will not come into God's presence with you. He will not come into God's presence with us. Worship keeps the devil at bay. That's what it does. You see, darkness always departs in the presence of light. I'm going to say that again. Darkness always departs in the presence of light. So you may think, oh, yeah, I go to church and, you know, yeah, yeah, we're just singing. Man, when we start to worship, you need to, you need to end that, that fellowship time. Say, I, I need to get myself engaged because God is about to do something. That's when God's power is unleashed in our lives and in our circumstances. Darkness always departs in the presence of light. You remember Acts chapter 16? When Paul and Silas, on Paul's second missionary journey, and um, they were locked up in prison, where earlier in the story, we're told of a slave girl that had a spirit by which she could tell the future. And she kept on basically bugging Paul. And finally, Paul had had it, and he turned her and he, and, and he rebuked the, the evil spirit, and she left the girl. And as a result, you know, they locked them up. The people that owned the slave, because she, she earned a lot of money for those guys through fortune telling. Okay? And so they locked them up. But when they locked them up, what was Paul and Silas doing? Were they complaining and questioning God for their demise? No. They were singing and praising God. As a matter of fact, it tells us that around midnight, that's when they started doing that. We don't know what time they got locked up. And as a result of them singing and praising God, you know the story. God brought about a violent earthquake. And all their chains were released. And the doors of the prison were wide open. Brothers and sisters, God performs miracles when we are worshiping. So it's not just, oh yeah, I'm just here. I'm just putting my hands together. I'm barely singing. Come on. You need to worship God. You need to sing and raise your voice. Because God does miracles during that time. And I said this before, you know, June of last year when I talked about this. Worship is the only thing we get to do forever. You know the first commandment. And the second one. The first commandment is you shall have no other gods besides me. And then the second one goes, you shall not have for yourself idols of any kind. In the form of any shape. Because we're talking about an invisible God. We're talking about a spirit. God is not, he doesn't have a body like me. Yes, Jesus had a body when he came to this earth so that he could relate to us, so that we, can, we, can, we could relate to him. But Yahweh doesn't have a body. Yahweh is a spirit. That is who we worship, a God that has always existed. Nobody created him. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And this is the God that we're worshiping every time. We worship on our own and when we come and do it collectively, especially on Sundays. Romans chapter 1, you can write this uh, Reference that Romans chapter 1, verse 25 says they worship and serve created things rather than the creator. It's only the creator you and I are meant to be worshiping. 
very, very important. In Acts chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, Acts 16, 13 to 15, Lydia was described as a worshiper of God. She wasn't described as a churchgoer. We shouldn't be described as churchgoers. You and I should be described as worshippers of God. Again, you can write these references down. There's quite a, no a number of them. Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may worship me. That was the message back when Moses went back to Pharaoh in Egypt. Exodus chapter 4 verse 23. It says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Exodus 4 23. Exodus 8 verse 1. Exodus 8 verse 1. Exodus 8 verse 20. Exodus 8 20. Exodus 9 verse 1. Exodus 9 verse 1. Exodus 9 verse 13. Exodus 9 13. Exodus 10 3. Exodus 10 3. And Exodus 10 7. Exodus 10 7. God sent them, God sent Israel into captivity later on. Why? Because they started worshiping other gods. You and I were created to worship the creator only. And that's why we got to be very careful, even in 2022. That we're not worshiping wealth, we're not worshiping, quote unquote, you know, movie stars or superstars or I don't care what kind of stars they call themselves. That's why we cannot worship created things. The only person we need to worship is our God. And that's why it's important that, you know, before Sunday, we get our minds ready. Where you, you don't stay up late on Sunday, excuse me, on Saturday. Go to bed and get up early because you and I are about to have an encounter with the creator of the universe. You get there early. You know you're going to find, you know, you know it's going to take you time to find parking. So leave home early. So that you're not looking for parking. So that when, when, we, when, we, when we start at 11, you are there, ready, engaged, ready to worship your God. You shouldn't be coming in at 11 minutes past, excuse me, 10 minutes past 11 or 15 past 11. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to be engaged. Very, very important. Muy importante. Don't be talking during the singing. Worship your God instead. Think about the words on the screen. You say, I don't know the song. Okay. Meditate on the words. We need to stop insulting the king. God is our king. And that's why our attitude about worship, we need to take it to another level. That is something we need to grow in in our church. There's a song that I love to sing. And um, it's not a very difficult song. It's actually a, a call and response song. Titled, I don't know what you've come to do. It's a, it's a very upbeat you know, the song leader say, I don't know what you've come to do. And then the church response, oh, I don't know what you've come to do. I don't know what you've come to do. I've come to clap my hands. I've come to clap my hands. And it goes on like that. 
Then the next verse is, I come to stop my feet. Bam, bam. I come to stop my feet. Bam, bam. And then you, you keep going on like that. You keep adding to it. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful song. It's like the last song we sang last Sunday in terms of uh, Hail, Hail, Line of Judah. And Yuri did an awesome job with it, by the way. I mean, our worship is meant to transform us and take us into the presence of the Almighty God. You can't do that adequately if you come in late. You can't do that if you're talking. You can't do that if your mind is distracted. Very, very important. I want to show you this as I end tonight. Uh, today is Wednesday. Yesterday, we had a staff meeting with the uh, staff of the uh, Central Jersey Church. That's our brother, Johnny Rivera. A lot of you may know him. And uh, they have a church building. Uh, it's, it's in uh, New Brunswick, I believe it is. And so it took us about uh, an hour and 15 minutes to get there from Brooklyn. But we had staff meeting together. It was awesome. For me, we had a great staff meeting. But for me, it was the worship. Where we actually sang the song we played earlier tonight. Tonight, in terms of God, you were good. Man, I, I was getting my groove on. I didn't care who was looking at me. I'm not there. I'm, I'm there to worship God. That was the highlight for me yesterday. You know, a lot of us were in Orlando uh, over the summer at the conference. Yes, the classes were great. I had a wonderful time. But for me, the highlight was always the worship. Because that's when you and I are coming before the presence of Almighty God. And I believe as a church, brothers and sisters, we need to grow in this. And so again, I want to repeat some of the final thoughts I, I said in the class I taught last June. You need to start preparing for Sunday on Saturday. Okay? Get to church early. Not on time. Don't be late. Bring your Bible. Bring your notebook. Take notes. Sing. Worship is not a spectator sport. Okay? Reach out to visitors before and after church. I was talking to a brother. He was, uh, I believe he was visiting from Long Island on Sunday. And he said, man, you guys are so friendly. I'm thankful he said that. Because we are indeed a very, a very friendly church. Remember SSI. Smile, say hello, and introduce yourself. Be warm, be friendly. People notice. Okay? And it's also, also important that you plan your fellowship before and after church. Very, very important. Let's come ready to worship God. And let's allow each other to worship our God. That's what Sunday morning is for. Again, I apologize that we had to call an audible on tonight's um, in-person singing devotional. But again, out of an abundance of caution, um, you know, the, the COVID numbers are going up. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try and get my, my booster tomorrow. There's a new booster that just came out. So um, I had COVID three months ago, so I'm going to go get it tomorrow. Uh, I tried to make an appointment today. I couldn't do it, so I'm just going to walk in tomorrow and get it done. I'm also going to get the flu shot on my other arm, okay, because they're, they're predicting that uh, this winter is going to be tough. And, um, and so I'm, 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 I'm going to take advantage of everything that's available. But I'm looking forward to seeing us on Sunday as we gather again to worship God together. And so at this time, I'm going to ask, um, uh, let me ask um, our sister, Casey Cumberbatch, can you please lead us in a word of prayer? And then 
Prince is going to put us in our breakout rooms. I hope tonight has been helpful. I hope uh, as a result of this lesson, we're going to see worship a lot differently, like we've done, like we've, like we haven't done before, you know, in our in our in our lives. Uh, so God bless you. Thank you so much for listening, Casey. You can say a prayer for us, and then we'll go into our breakout breakout rooms. God bless you all.